Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, the podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I'm said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of November 28th, 2019, including Phil Spencer says that Scarlet will not focus on VR. Resident Evil 3 looks to be getting that remake treatment. Another first-party Xbox game is coming to Steam, and more. course a big happy thanksgiving to all of you in the u.s who are celebrating this major holiday i'm actually recording this podcast the day before thanksgiving because if you're listening to this on thanksgiving day i'm at work but i did my thanksgiving uh, the day before so i can't complain there additionally let's uh start off this week's news or this week's podcast rather with another what i've been playing which to no surprise is more of star wars jedi fallen order so i've just been slowly chipping away at this like i was saying last week it's kind of like my it's that last big game of the fall, so I'm kind of just taking my time with it, enjoying it. I've had a pretty busy week, so not made, haven't made too much progress, but I'm definitely at the halfway point, if not, maybe a little further now. And I've got to say, still loving the game, still feel pretty similarly about everything. I keep switching, kind of toggling between like a normal difficulty and a less challenging one, just because there are some moments where I'm like, I really don't want this to be like a grueling combat-focused game. I just want it to be more of a leisure kind of adventure game, so... I kind of just adjust the gameplay difficulty as needed for me. And again, like the game is not necessarily intended to be played that way, but I think it's it's kind of necessary unless if, if you're not the specific type of gamer that wants a very combat focused, methodical kind of challenging game. But otherwise, it is nice to know that aside from some uh, some occasional puzzles, the game is pretty, pretty doable for anyone of any skill level, provided that you just you know, play on an easier difficulty, that story mode that is. Aside from that, uh, my, the only gripe I really do have with that game now that I've gotten a little little further into it is uh, definitely pertaining more to like some technical issues. The game definitely just has some weird texture pop-ins and long load times and just moments where the game will just totally pause in mid-action and just load for 30 seconds. I am playing on a standard Xbox One, not a, not a 1X, so of course I do assume it would run a lot smoother and nicer and even look better, provided I had a 1X, but obviously that's not the case for the majority of players, as most players will be playing on standard PS4s and Xbox Ones, so I assume a lot of players out there are experiencing kind of a similar setup with the game, where it's just like, I mean, some notable just graphic and performance issues, but it's never bad to where the point where like you're in the middle of a combat session and like the frame rate chugs or anything like that so it's not the kinds of things that break the the moment to moment gameplay but it is things that kind of damper the overall experience and the kind of uh, pacing and the smoothness of the of the overall experience i mean i know respawn has addressed some of these things they said that apparently load times are something that they're working on for the next patch i don't know if that's at the time of this recording that might be something they've already rolled out but in general the game just definitely looks like it could have used a couple more weeks or maybe a month or two to just kind of iron out some kinks and polish but we live in the age of day one patches and whatnot so i guess the game itself was mostly ready to go so i guess they just went with that route and they're kind of patching things along the way again nothing like too game breaking it's not really stopping me from loving this game or really enjoying my time with it but it, it, it must be said it is a, a notable gripe I, if, if you're playing this game personally i'm sure you've already encountered some scenarios like that with the loading and the texture pop in just some of the graphical fidelity things like that luckily the big one you know being frame rate chugs just again something i haven't really noticed 
maybe sometimes during cinematics, but not really during gameplay, which is the most important time to have a, a locked-in smooth frame rate. So luckily that's been the case. Aside from that, I haven't really been playing much of anything else. I'm actually in the mood to get back into some Forza. I think all this news about the Tesla Cybertrucks just got me interested in cars again. It's the most interesting a car's been in a very long time. So now I'm just like, I think I'll play some Forza. That and some news about uh, potential Fable 4, which we're about to get into, has also just got me interested in going back and playing some whatever the hell playground games make. So probably dip into some Horizon 4 later on tonight. But yeah, with that said, let's just jump into this week's news. So as I was saying in regards to a Fable 4 related news story, so earlier yesterday, IGN and a couple other outlets were posting this um, Fable 4 concept art that was supposedly leaked. But later on that day, the story was retracted as it appears that it wasn't official Fable 4 concept artwork or Fable reboot artwork, but it was just rather like portfolio work from some artist in Brazil who was uh, unrelated to any new Fable game in, in production. The artist, his name is uh, Rodrigo Italino. He clarified that he does not work for Playground Games, who is the studio behind the Forza Horizon series, also been rumored to be working on a Fable reboot. And he says that the art was simply just a piece of portfolio work that was inspired by Andrew actress Anne Hathaway so apparently this is you know I mean if you if you saw that it's been taken down since but it's the internet so of course you can find it if you really want to see it but if you see this artwork it's like some kind of pirate looking chick in Europe it just looks very like fable three ish I would say so it's it's hard it it's almost hard not to believe that this was real but apparently it's not the artist has come out and said that so unless this is just like some big lie to really keep like a tight lid on this project then in fact this wasn't real at all so that being said the reason why i kept this in the news is because I, this story is definitely gonna be circulating around a lot over the next week and it's just re, kind of restoring the pot about like this rumored it's now been like two years i think since they've started rumoring that fable is coming back and that playground games would be working on it and it's just one of those things where it's like it's kind of like star wars fallen jedi actually where it's just like respawns making a third person action platforming star wars game but they only make first-person shooters. It's kind of a similar thing where it's like Playground Games makes these like really awesome open-world arcade racing racing games, and now they're going to make a Fable game. It's just it does it seems like such an unlike match. The only thing that Playgrounds has in common that may cater to a Fable game is that they're located in the UK, so they maybe have writers at that team that might be talented and kind of capturing that that kind of British charm and aesthetic that the Fable games were known for, that kind of whimsy. Um, but other than that, it's like there's just no relation between this studio that makes Forza Horizon and this franchise that's like just anything but an arcade racing game. So uh, I'm still interested to see that. I think, you know, I, at this point, I think that game is absolutely real. It's just one of those things where every time it makes the rounds in the news, no one at Microsoft comes out and denies it. It's just people get quiet. And usually when people are quiet on stuff like that, that's when you know it's real because it's like if if they were so confident it wasn't real, Microsoft will come out at this point and just be like, hey, listen, Playground is not making a Fable game. Shut up. You know, we, you never know. But still, I, I totally think this game's on the way. And I think E3, uh, this upcoming E3 in 2020 is going to be the time we learn about it. We're going to learn about it as part of like this um, Scarlet launch lineup. I, I don't think it will be out next fall, but I think it could be a 2021 game, maybe maybe a spring or early fall 2021 game. And I think it's just it's time to unveil this game because it's just it keeps making the news. And at this point, it's been like two years of speculation and it's just time, time to come out and show us what this game is. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about it. So I thought I'd include that there. The other kind of not so big news story that I want to go over 
just because, you know, at the time of this podcast going up, we're just hours away from Black Friday really kicking off in a more official sense. I want to go over some of the Xbox deals that Microsoft has going on on the Xbox uh, store and on MicrosoftStore.com. And of course, these sales will be similar or better or what what have you, you know, across other retailers like your Targets, your Best Buys, your Amazons, your Walmarts. Um, so just to go over some really awesome Xbox deals for those of you looking to maybe uh, replace some Xbox hardware, get new hardware, upgrade to Xbox One X, or potentially buy some games. You know, um, there's just some some good stuff worth pointing out. Of course, I'm sure many of you have noticed that this year, and I think last year as well, Black Friday's just kind of become like the sale of November thing, where it's like a lot of these deals have kind of already been up now for a few days, if not a week. But for those who aren't initiated, let's just kind of go through some of them. So a lot of Xbox accessories on MicrosoftStore.com are up to 50% off. So a lot of contro- a lot of controllers, headphones, things like that. Uh, but the really big notable sale here is the actual hardware itself. So Xbox One Xs are all 350, and Xbox S Digital All Digital Edition, the X One S, 150. So if you want to get just the box that comes with the One S all digital edition. That's $150 to get in in the door with the Xbox. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably an Xbox gamer, so you don't need, you know, the bare minimum Xbox, but that's amazing. 150 for an Xbox One. Um, And then again, for the the One X, these are one terabyte models, $350, and you can choose between the one that comes with Jedi Fallen Order or Forza Horizon with the Lego expansion or Gears 5 or NBA 2. 2k20 these are all 350 dollars one terabyte hard drive xbox one x consoles pretty awesome deal especially if you're you know here to get jedi fallen order which is a brand new 60 dollars game so if you were already going to buy jedi fallen order anyway at 60 dollars then you're basically getting an xbox one x for 290 dollars which is just a really solid deal for the one x it's a worthy upgrade if you're into that kind of mid-generational hardware bump Um, and then lastly of course just a standard xbox one s not the all digital edition those are retailing for 200 dollars, and they same bundles you can get the one with jedi fallen order or gears 5 or nba 2k20 or forza horizon 4 with the lego expansion but i will say this you know the all digital edition is retailing for 150 for Black Friday. It does not come with a game. If you're in the market for something like, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, a brand new game that you're not going to get on Game Pass, that's $199. So you could basically get this Xbox One S with a terabyte hard drive with a game you're already going to buy anyway. So if you discount the game from that $200 price tag, that's a $140 console. That's $10 less than the than the all digital edition. So you get a hard drive and this Star Wars game, and it's just a crazy value. Um, I know this stuff is kind of common towards the end of a console life cycle, obviously. By this time next year, we'll be, I'll be uh, getting the Scarlet launching. So, of, of course, you know, it's like the end of the generation. Everything's going to be dirt cheap, but it's really awesome to just see Xbox consoles this low. Remember, you know, just not too long ago in 2013, Xbox One was a $500 console. So it's just crazy to be seeing like you can get on an Xbox One right now for $149. That's pretty good deal. Aside from that, controllers are all like 20 bucks off. So $60 controllers are $40 right now. That's even including like the Gears 5 limited edition controller. The Gears 5 console bundle is on sale. Some of the cooler colors and patterns on controllers are 40 bucks. Uh, and then, of course, a bunch of games are like up to 50% off. So 
definitely keep an eye out on that. No like real notable ones. I mean, you can just get on your Xbox and check that. But it's everything from like the newest Star Wars game to Destiny Shadow Keep. Oh, Destiny Shadow Keep's only twenty bucks. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is thirty dollars. Borderlands Three is forty dollars. That brand new Need for Speed game, the, the deluxe edition, is only forty five bucks. So lots of good sales there. Definitely need to keep myself away from that. And that's gonna do it for like those kinds of not real story news stories and now we'll jump into more of the concrete official news of the week with our first story leading off about xbox's boss of course phil spencer spoke with a website as deviver uh, during XO19 about a week ago, a week or two ago. And during that interview, he he spoke to them in response to VR and kind of Xbox's position on VR, where he said that the Scarlet will not be focused on VR and it's just not a focus for Xbox in this upcoming next generation of, of consoles. Um, so he said in more detail in this quote, he says, I have some issues with VR. It's isolating and I think that games, I think of games as a communal kind of together experience. We're responding to what our customers are asking for and no Nobody's asking for VR. The vast majority of our customers know if they want a VR experience and they know where those places are, you know, alluding to PC, of course. And then he says, we see the volumes of those on PC and other places. So I guess that's just me. Re- that's him reiterating what I just said before I read it. So ignore that. Then he, he also mentions, you know, just in terms of like flat out business, no hardware VR hardware manufacturer between PlayStation VR and HTC Vive and Oculus and all these things. No one's selling like millions and millions of units. These these VR headsets are moving like just a couple million units and these things have been on the market for like three years now. It's just they're just really not taking off in the way that a lot of people thought VR was going to these past few years as we saw the market kind of get flooded with some really premium headsets. So I know a lot of like three years ago, a lot of people were saying, you know, well, isn't Xbox going to get into VR? And of course, the answer seemed like, oh, well, Xbox is going to take a different approach and go with HoloLens. But not even because Xbox, I mean, HoloLens, a lot of people don't know this. HoloLens absolutely came out and it was actually pretty successful. And they actually have already announced the HoloLens too. So HoloLens is absolutely a thing, but it's not, I think that one year Microsoft showed it off during an Xbox E3 press conference. They showed that Minecraft demo. I think a lot of people thought, you know, well, HoloLens is going to be a very video game focused thing. And that's not all what Microsoft did with it. It's actually been a very enterprise focused thing. And a lot of industries, a lot of businesses in the medical field, construction, et cetera, et cetera, have taken to it. And, and HoloLens has been quite a success, but it just hasn't been. I think what happened was Microsoft saw, you know, how not well VR was kind of performing across PC and PlayStation. And they were like, if we had any, any, you know, intention of making HoloLens more of a focus on Xbox one, let's roll that back. Cause it seems like this stuff's not working. Of course, HoloLens being more of an AR type device, but I think the concept is similar where it's like, I don't think the market is really out to put these like multi hundred dollar headset devices on their heads and play games with them. I think it's more of a niche thing. It's more it's still like a technological proving ground. And I don't know that it's big application is in gaming. It might be in something else like enterprise related subjects, which is where the HoloLens is thriving and where VR might thrive, you know? So it's just interesting to see. I, that's me reading between the lines a little bit, but I think what we see with Xbox is they're just not focused, especially after, you know, the burn they felt with Kinect uh, on the Xbox One. I think they're just really trying to keep the Xbox brand related to gaming. You know, they're doing innovative things, but it's in services. It's in it's in increasing the number of places we can play our games. You know, it's in things like xCloud. It's in things like Game Pass, because that's all about finding new ways to play the games the way we like to play them just in new places, right? Whereas VR is like a completely new way to play game. They, they I think they're trying to steer clear of gimmicks and focus more on 
really just catering to gamers in every way possible, which is where Microsoft has been finding at least a lot of fanfare and, and fan support over the years. And I think it's where they're going to continue to find a lot of mainstream success as we move into Project Scarlet. Um, but that's a Phil, Phil Spencer kind of speaking a little bit to VR. He also finishes up kind of just saying, you know, I think that we might get there eventually, but yeah, we're not there. It's not our focus right now. Um, meaning that, you know, of course, he's not ruling out that VR will never be an Xbox thing, but just for the time being, it's not what they're focusing on. It's not something they're actively working on. But I still think that's just interesting because Microsoft is so, of course, you know, with Xbox even so closely associated with PC space, and and the PC space is of course where where VR is most prominent. And I think you know Valve just announced earlier this week that Half Life Alex game, which seems to be the most like robust, fully fleshed out uh, AAA VR type game we've seen yet. And I just think that VR is either about to really make it or break it because finally we're seeing PC developers and, and VR developers look at VR more as a as a platform rather than the, like an actual gaming platform rather than these like little gaming experiences and tech demos. So I think if a game like Half-Life Alex can't really make VR more successful than it's been then I think Microsoft is right in standing kind of out of this. Um, and I, I think we see PlayStation kind of struggle with it because even though Sony's kind of, it's it's interesting because Sony's supposedly doubling down on PlayStation VR as we as they, the rumor is they're working on a, a version 2.0 for PlayStation 5, whereas he, we see Xbox here kind of saying, we're backing out of it. We have no intention of jumping in right now. So it's just so interesting to see one of them say, yeah, it hasn't been like a runaway success, but we're still we're still here. We're still going to work on it. And the other one saying, yeah, we saw you guys not hit a home run with it and we're going to stand back. But yeah, I mean, PlayStation VR must be doing well enough that Sony's making uh, supposedly a second iteration of it. So it'll be interesting to see kind of who's right and who's wrong. And then, you know, Microsoft with their partners and with their kind of relationship with PC makers and all these all these partners they have like how in the in the technology the technology they have and the R&D they have and of course with HoloLens what they would come to market with if they ever decided to jump into VR and kind of how fast and robust <clears throat> their offering could be if they wanted if they you know if they changed their mind and decided it's time to come to Xbox with with a VR headset so just a lot of a lot of little tangents, a lot of thoughts there, but that's kind of where Xbox is with VR moving into the next generation. Our next story is about Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's a little update here, but it's actually not a little update. It's kind of a big update. So on December 3rd, Call of Duty Modern Warfare will be getting its season one content rollout, which normally isn't really newsworthy, except in this case it kind of is because with it comes a crap load of new content, free to all platforms day and date. So players can expect three new multiplayer maps, one new ground war map, three new gunfight maps, five new special ops experiences, three new multiplayer game modes, and two new weapons. So that's like a shit ton of content. That's not like, you know, like a new Fortnite season or a new Apex season where it's like, here's a new character, here's some new skins, you know, here's a new theme for the map. It's like, here's a shit ton of content. And then on top of that, you know, last week we reported that apparently there's this 200-player Battle Royale mode that could come as early as January, which would be, I, I suppose, kind of Apex style, Apex Legend style, like surprise launched. Um you know, which is, if that's to be believed, there's just so much content coming to Modern Warfare, making it a really robust and full, fully fledged game, especially for 60 bucks. So that's actually really exciting. If you're like me and you enjoyed Modern Warfare, you got tons of content on the way and tons to be excited about because in just a few short days here, you're getting like, like, I mean, I, I don't know. The reason I found this notable is just because Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare 1, 2, World at War, are some of those like, you know, Halo 3, some of those early games where we really think about kind of propelling DLC into the future. 
And, you know, it used to be like you pay like 10 to 20 bucks or like 10 or 15 bucks for like a, a new map pack of three maps, you know, and that came out like two or three times during the lifespan of a game. But like now we have like these this roadmap content rollout and we're seeing like a billion new maps, new guns, new game modes and all this stuff. And it's just free because, I mean, it's just indicative of how indicative of how the payment model, of course, has evolved over the years. But I just think it's notable because it's so much content. And of course, Modern Warfare is a massive game that a lot of people are playing despite gamers' insistence on Call of Duty sucking, which is just clearly not true by at least the sales numbers. But whatever. Um, look forward to that if you're still playing Call of Duty. Our next story here is that Gearbox, this is a little bit of a sad one, Gearbox has confirmed that their 2016 hero shooter Battleborn will be shutting down its servers in January of 2021, so just about a full year, a year and a month from now, uh, which of course will render its multiplayer game uh completely useless and unplayable the game has already been removed from digital storefronts and the ability to purchase microtransactions will be removed in february february 24th 2020 so in just a few short months here once again uh the when the game shuts down 2021 it will be entirely unplayable and this means even the single player mode will be just no more battleborn for those who need a bit of a refresher was famously it was gearbox's lesser known kind of hero shooter game that was released in 2016, um, and it was famously overshadowed by Blizzard Entertainment's smash hit hero shooter slash anime fan fiction hentai simulator, Overwatch, which of course still dominates to this day and still has a massive following. So it, I always thought it was really sad. I never played Battleborn, but I always felt really bad for Gearbox that you could see it coming from a mile away that this game just wasn't going to hit. It just had no buzz around it. Everyone cared about Overwatch. No one gave a shit about Battleborn. And then it came out, and exactly what you thought would happen is what happened. Battleborn just ate shit. But I think this is kind of interesting because it's almost like it. Because you got to remember, Battleborn was the last game Gearbox released before um, Borderlands Three just a few months ago. I mean, they they did they've been dipping into publishing. They they published that remake of uh, of Bulletstorm, and they've done some other things, but they really haven't made a, a new full fledged video game since Battleborn. So it's been first of all, it's been like over three years now. But aside from that, it's so interesting to see you know Battleborn kind of really didn't do well, and then Gearbox kind of kept their heads down and kept quiet for quite a while, honestly, uh, until we got Borderlands, which is which had that kind of Fallout Four effect where it was like announced pretty close to the time it released. So it was a very quick announcement hype cycle game release cycle and I, I almost wonder if you know now that Borderlands 3 has been out a few months it's sold over 7 million copies it's gotten pretty decent fan and critical reception I wonder if the the plan all along was just okay Battleborn was a complete like blotch and a black spot on our on our good mark um, I wonder if the intention is just kind of like we're gonna obviously shut down and kind of hide Battleborn for our, from our company company's history but first we got to you know we got to have a new big success to kind of hide it and distract from it I almost wonder if like Borderlands 3 was the excuse to be like okay now everyone is focused on Borderlands 3 when they think about Gearbox let's let's you know let's kill Battleborn and kind of put it out of its misery now that it's no longer like the most recent game we put out the main focus of our company I, I mean that could be just coincidence but I just find that funny that it's like this game came out three years ago it just suffered and, and never really got the time of day and then finally three and a half years later when they finally release a new game they're just like okay now it's time to kill Battleborn <laughs> so interesting to think about and sorry to all you the few I'm sure there are some uh, Battleborn fan, Battleborn fans out there who will be uh, greatly remiss to learn of this. Our next story for some happier news. So, following up the big success of Resident Evil 2, the remake that came out earlier this year, 
Eurogamer now reports that Capcom is getting ready to release Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake in the similar vein to the remake released earlier this year. Uh, Eurogamer's article reads, Capcom will follow its successful Resident Evil 2 remake with a new version of Resident Evil 3, a report suggested today. This comes from YouTuber Spawnwave, who said it was on track for a 2020 launch. Eurogamer has heard of the project also. Sources close to its development suggest that it has been in development for some time, although the franchise's upcoming multiplayer portion, Project Resistance, is currently being given the spotlight. Capcom did follow up this news later on, saying that they have nothing to comment on at this time, which, as always, you know, when a company says that, essentially means nothing. I don't get why any company does that. I mean, like, if you're going to come out and say, we have nothing to say at this time, you might as well just not say anything at all, uh, because I think it says more to the fact that, like, a rumor is true for a company to say, like, oh, we're not going to comment on that, than it is for, like, the company to just remain quiet and not even give it any attention whatsoever. But nonetheless, I think that, you know, Eurogamer has a great track record. Capcom and these Japanese game developers seem to love, 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 love remaking all their old games. Resident Evil 2 Remake did very well, um, and Capcom kind of of confirmed it by refusing to comment, by commenting to not comment on it. So I think that kind of makes us all but confirmed but you know of course there's always the possibility but i would be very surprised if this weren't true again you know resident evil 2 remake did so well and people really seem to love it and it's kind of easy you gotta think it's gotta be a lot easier to make like a remake of a ps1 game than it is to make just a brand new resident evil game from the ground up because even though of course you got to make all new textures environments you got to basically remake the game from the ground up you still have the kind of general gist of the game laid out for you whether it be you know story beats or just kind of gameplay beats like where you go what what happens next there's there's a lot of writing and kind of planning for the game that's kind of already done for you when you remake a game even if it is built from the ground up as these remakes are so to some extent you gotta think it's easier to turn around it's cheaper to make and they're really well received and really successful so why not keep going for it and you know if they make a resident evil 3 remake that gives them all the excuse in the world to do the one that people really care about which is of course resident evil 4 everyone's you know, like the unanimously favorite Resident Evil game. So um, I think they'll do this so that, you know, they can do Resident Evil 4. Because, of course, if they do, if they skip from 2 to 4, people are going to give them hell for not doing 3. And 3 is, while not as commercially successful as some other games in the in the series, 3 is a pretty well-liked one from fans of the series. And I think it will have that Resident Evil 2 effect where a lot of people who never played it before will definitely give it a chance uh, thanks to this remake. So good on Capcom for uh, all but confirming what is almost definitely true and so we'll look forward to some new news about that which i assume we'll hear about at the very latest at e3 all right so just a couple wrap-up stories the news isn't too big this week of course it's thanksgiving week all the big games are already out you know it's all about relaxing eating dead birds and spending a lot of money so Let's just wrap up with a couple of quick stories, and that is the first one being Microsoft has confirmed that Save Decay 2 will be coming to Steam in early 2020, and will be and it will support crossplay with both Xbox One and Windows 10, adding to the strangely growing list of Xbox games that are coming to Steam, including the Master Chief Collection. While the game is, of course, available on PC via Game Pass already, the, this adds yet another way to access the game. So this is just one of those weird things where it's like, okay, it's not real big news, but it's like, why does Microsoft keep like slowly adding their exclusive content on Steam? I know that's where the PC market's at, but you would think they would be using Game Pass as like kind of a, a gambling chip to pull people away from Steam and to kind of finally make the Xbox app on Windows 10 more of an enticing platform for gamers. But 
when I see something like State of Decay 2 is is coming to Steam, I see this as Microsoft kind of seeding ground and, and being like, you know what? It doesn't matter how great we make the Xbox app on Windows 10 or how great Game Pass is. The PC player base is just so deeply embedded in Steam that it doesn't matter what, you know, whatever Epic Games is doing with the Epic Game Store, whatever we do with the Xbox app, whatever, you know, EA and Ubisoft and all these other people and try to do with with their respective PC platforms, PC players are just going to default to Steam and we've got to accept that. It's kind of like what Microsoft has done in the mobile market where they're like, we're making an Android phone. We can't win with Windows phone. It's just not going to happen. So we're going to go where the market is rather than constantly fighting to, you know, if you want to be on Xbox, if you want to play the Xbox app, you got that here. But since you're mostly just going to insist on playing on Steam, we'll go there because that's how we sell our games. So I guess that's what's happening. But I just see it kind of as an anomaly that they wouldn't at least try to really release all like a whole slew of really robust first party games into Game Pass for PC. And then see if like after a year or two, if if not the enticing nature of like State of Decay and Gears of War and Halo and all these games coming to Game Pass on PC for, you know, for next to nothing to play, pull some people away from Steam. Uh, I'm sure what they're actually seeing as a result of that is that people play Game Pass like supplementary to Steam, but it's just not enough to pull them over to the Xbox app on Windows 10 in that you can kind of play Game Pass separate from being invested on the Xbox ecosystem on Windows 10. And I'm, I'm sure that's what they're seeing here, which is why they're still putting games on Steam. But nonetheless, it's just always weird to see them kind of seed territory like that different kind of weird from seeing things like why would you keep releasing minecraft on playstation consoles this is just a like state of decay state of decay really didn't need to be on anything that wasn't xbox and now you're putting it on steam it's just i don't know it's just weird it seems like the game's already come and gone how much more of a new life will it find on on steam who knows but you know i mean this is a gamers win kind of thing because now this game is available to more people and more places so i guess it's good to have that option despite you know you can play it on game pass i don't know why you'd play it any other way but let's round out this this week with another little smaller story and boy we'll go through this one fast uh it's epic games has introduced dungeons to fortnite save the world which is of course a campaign-esque horde mode of, of fortnite that actually began the game before the battle royale mode was ever even a thing so according to epic players will now be able to experience dungeons in fortnite save the world which will allow them to fight off hordes of monsters traps and plenty of other surprises in an effort to gain some great loot much like other dungeon crawlers players will be able to descend lower into save the world's dungeons while gearing up along the way to fight bosses at the end of all the dungeons dungeons are available now in mine in uh in sorry minecraft in uh fortnite so go ahead and get in on that if that's a thing you're into but i'm not going to spend too much time discussing things about fortnite because it's just a game i don't care about um so that's going to do it for this week's news like i said you know holiday week obviously news is going to really come to a crawl between now and like february so just be prepared for that uh, but of course we will get a little bit of a news pop in about a week or two when the game awards happen so expect some interesting news then but other than that we'll just kind of be crawling along doing some smaller news stories and then i'll find some interesting topic discussions to kind of fill out the podcast because this podcast isn't going anywhere it's my thanksgiving today and and i'm still here telling you guys all the latest and greatest about the xbox so you can expect this podcast to be here every thursday rain or shine and so finally, of course, for the week, we'll talk about the new games coming out. And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, of course, very few new games, nothing really notable. It is a holiday week. The big games of the year are already out. But nonetheless, we have six new releases to discuss, the first of which being Golazo, which will be out on Wednesday, November 27th. And it is 
you know, you would think it's a soccer game, but judging by the graphics here, I can't, I can't fucking tell because the grass looks so awful in this game. Uh, what it really seems like is a, is a fucking like, like a grass cutting simulator where he plays a bunch of kids who, who run around this field and like patchy messed up grass. And honestly, the more I think about it, the more, the more I can't help but wonder like, why hasn't someone made a soccer game where there's like a, a Zamboni mode for like a hockey game or like a grass cutting mode for a soccer game where you can kind of maintain the yard. I feel like there's a simulator for everything. So like, wouldn't it stand a reason that someone would be interested in playing a sports game where rather than playing the sport, you just clean and maintain the field? Seems like a Hank Hill type game. Uh, our next game here is called Foxyland. It comes out again on Wednesday the 27th, and it is a 2D platforming something or other. You collect cherries. You have three hearts. You collect gems. You play as a 2D character. You platform. You jump on enemies just like Mario. We've seen it a thousand times before. And then the next game after that is called Story of a Gladiator. Now, this is the... If I'm not mistaken, this is the 2D remake of Rise, Son of Rome, which is actually really awesome because this year marks the uh, six-year anniversary of Rise, Son of Rome coming out, uh, day and date on the Xbox One being a launch game. So this is kind of like a... It, it's nice to kind of round out this final year of the Xbox One with, with a nice two point, a 2D remake of such a beloved and, and critical and critical uh, c- commercially viable game that... Um, kind of find the xbox one so definitely go ahead and play story of a gladiator if you're looking for that um to scratch that rise son of rome itch you've been having and then after that we've got super dodgeball beats which comes out on thanksgiving it is xbox one x enhanced but what you really need to know about this game is it basically looks like a fucking mega man network battle network slash beautiful joe dance dance revolution type game so uh, basically one side plays as four beautiful Joes, the other side plays as four Mega Man Battle Network boys, and they basically dance it out for dominance, and um, you gotta you gotta beat to the rhythm, so that's a really good game if you're, if you're interested in dancing with anime hair. After that, we've got Moen and Throwin, which is so funny, I swear to God I did not look at this beforehand, but this is actually a lawn mowing game, so <laughs> uh, it's not a full-fledged simulator, but it's definitely a game about mowing the lawn. You're this little ladybug lawnmower, and you got to avoid enemies and mow the grass. It actually looks kind of like a, might be like a fun take on like a 2.5D overhead snake-like game, um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out and recommend it to all my friends and then our last game of the week is of course where the water tastes like wine which comes out on november 29th so you have to wait you have to wait till black friday to really get in on this game uh but this is a game where you you know it's a story adventure game you go you find this hippie woman in the woods and you're going to go ahead and have a dialogue with her she's basically going to tell you where to find this river where the water at the river tastes like wine so i I guess it's kind of like an aa kind of game where you know if you're struggling with alcohol addiction, you play this game and you can kind of get your alcohol fixed by going to this river and drinking from the river. Um, and that way you won't be tempted to drink from the river in real life, the river of sin, the river of wine. Um, so this is a great game for alcoholics. Anonymous is, um, this is a great game if you're trying to kick that addiction. Um, but so yeah, that's out and that's going to do it for our games this week. Just as a reminder for those of you who haven't already downloaded the month's games with gold, you do have, of course, you have, of course, Sherlock Holmes, the devil's daughter, 
available for these last few days in the month. Um, the final station is available until December 15th. Star Wars Jedi Fall, uh, Starfighter, you've already missed that one if you didn't download it, so shame on you. And then, of course, Joyride Turbo is available for the remainder of the month. So make sure you download those games if you haven't already. And then next week, we'll find out what our December games with Gold are. So look forward to four brand new games. And that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter one, a little bit of a snow, slower, slower, slower mower news week. Um, but at least we did get around to it. I told you this podcast will always be there for you. I'm like, I'm like your abusive father. You just can't get away from me. So don't worry. You can always count on Xbox on, but now I'm going to go finish cooking for Thanksgiving, so I got to go, uh, but of course, we're not going to just end the show high and dry like this. You can always follow me on Twitter if that's what you got to do, but Eric is going to take it away and and, and play us out with a, another melodic post-hardcore song for us all to enjoy. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. It's not just